All right, so MJ, my uh, my kid has started running around, and he has started doing this thing where he comes and he very cutely asks for your hand because they, uh-huh. they like walks you somewhere, or runs with you to, to show you something, and it's very very cute. And I'm not gonna lie, it's the cutest thing in the world. Um, however, I don't need to see my fucking cat 16 times in two hours. Yeah, but but it's it's really interesting for Ragnar, 16 yes. times. It's all new to him. I don't need to see my fucking cat 16 times in a row, though. Live from Twin Cities, we are the Daves. You know this is the Daves. I know. You want me to be that type of dude And I want to be who you like me to But we both know I can't do nothing at all Another week of uh, talking about Minnesota United. Uh, short, small crew today. Uh, it's just myself and MJ. Uh, Dan is uh, Dan destroyed a couple of, uh, pair of boots today hiking, and and Bill is still up north, uh, sans internet. So you have the two of us to to, to get you through. Um, we're gonna be talking about the Minnesota United game, a little bit about uh, the MLS is back, uh, back back again. Um, I don't even know what the what the title for it will be. And uh, yeah, a little bit of other United and MLS news. So it should be hopefully a short one. Uh, MJ, how was your how was your week? You know, it was pretty darn good. I replaced the front brake pads on my on my car. For those of you that know, I normally work on bicycles, so brake pads on something other than a bicycle is really a stretch for me. But we got it all done, so that felt felt really good. Um, and Great. today I made some more carnitas because why not? Five um, percent. Uh, I stopped by Valeria's Carnesia, um, the um, it's kind of around sh- Chicago and Lake, uh, grocery around there, and uh, they only had like one person there that could, that could speak English, and then my Spanglish is just good enough to, for me to ask for the things that I needed. So yeah, yeah, it worked out well. I, I I obviously need to learn how to say pork lard in in Spanish. I don't. I'll do that. I think that is what Google is uh, for, right? Google Translate, right? Yeah. yeah. So Spanish dict, you know, that sort of thing. That's great. Yeah. So um, what'd you do? Uh, you know, watched a, a shitty soccer game and uh, actually had a really great interview with uh, Sean Aronson of the St. Paul Saints uh, yeah. on Friday. I listened. Talking a little bit about um, what their stadium looks like and, and they, have, they have been having fans uh, all week last week. So um Talked a little bit about that, and you even worked in my questions. I was so happy. Yeah, well, I tried to. You know, you're part of the podcast, so um, yeah, and you know, just plotting some other stuff. Uh, me and and Luke Craig and David Martin are plotting our Victory podcast, where we are gonna watch the movie Victory and talk about that for Patreon. So if you are not a Patreon yet, Patreon.com/slash The Dave's I Know uh, to help support the work that we're doing. Um, still, you know, working with Chris, or I was Christian at Hot Clouds on, uh, uh, beer stuff. Hopefully we'll have that relatively soon. 
and yeah, we'll be dropping, hopefully dropping a few different uh, podcasts in the Patreon feed. So definitely, definitely sign up and check those out. Uh, also, you can, if you're not uh, subscribed to us on Spotify, we're on Spotify. You can definitely do that. Uh, you can visit uh, heathout.com as well as the daves I know.substack.com. I swear to God, um, I'm going to have a, uh, a fucking newsletter out this week. I've been, I've been putting it off, putting it off, um, but I'm going to put one out again this week. An actual one, not a, not breaking up with Brent Coleman like I did last week. So, and anyone who complains about that it's not out yet, just know that we gave you a, a special St. Paul Saints pod, <laughs> or David did. So just ease off Zeller for a while, you know? Like, yeah, right. No, no one's actually no one's actually complained about it. And actually, it's funny. I, I The Substack um, started, I basically I just wanted to do a little bit of writing. Uh, I wrote that piece uh, about Brian Coleman last, last Wednesday, actually, and went up. And it's been read almost a thousand times, or viewed almost a thousand times, which is... Most of them get about 30 views at most. So it's a, it's, it's pretty awesome. So you, you stated things really well, David. Appreciate everybody reading that and taking a look at it. So, and you know, we're not going to talk about uh, that dumbass. Um, if you want my, my feelings on it, you can, uh, you can go to my Twitter at Texas Zeller. I, I wrote a lot on Twitter and then Colin O'Donnell actually at the attachment on Twitter had a really good thread um, after the match. Um, sort of talking about the Brent and, and the issue that's going on. So if you want to read more about that, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about this game. And actually, I, I'll, I'll just sort of throw this out there before we start. Um, when I left the uh, Blackheart on Thursday after watching this game, I was very, I was very, very upset. And then I actually jumped on the Minnesota football show over the weekend and talked about the game and was a little less upset with, with everything. And then when I rewatched it again this morning, I was very much, I was a way less upset about the match and, and how things ended up then I was on Thursday or even on Saturday afternoon. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but um, let's get some of the main points. Uh, so first off, the match was delayed by uh, over an hour, uh, an hour and 11 minutes, actually, as a matter of fact, uh, rain delay down in Orlando. Um, Which means even I showed up for kickoff on time. <laughs> right. And it's weird, actually. There wasn't, there hasn't, there wasn't a ton of rain delays down in Orlando. There's not as many as I, as I, as I thought there would be, which is, you know, or hurricane delays. Yeah, or hurricane delays. Uh, a couple of things that, you know, before the, the water break, uh, in the 11th minute, Chase Gasper had a, you know, we, in the business we call it a shass. It's halfway between a shot, halfway between a pass, or a shass, a, a shot that's <laughs> across. But makes Pedro, Pedro Galese um, uh, make a, you know, push it out. Uh, I'm not sure they go, it was going in a, on net, um, but he definitely made him make a, make a save on it. Uh, or at least push it out. Um, I don't think it was officially technically a uh, on-target shot. So, so Minnesota started really great. Uh, and then MJ, you added something right before the water break. Yeah. So Chase hits this ball in. It's kind of this di- nice diagonal cross on the pitch, and fin- Finley is just inches away from 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 getting to it and getting a boot on it. And that that would have been backdoor you know, one touch and, and we would have been up one, nothing. Yeah. And so in the 30th minute was the water break. Uh, Minnesota pretty much dominated uh, the play in the first 30 minutes of the game. And then immediately after the water break, um, Perea says something to his team. Again, I don't also speak a good enough Spanish to understand what he's saying, but something happened and something changed in Orlando's formation. Um, and I, I'm going to talk a little bit about what it actually was like watching, going back and rewatching the match, but definitely there was a change in Orlando and within um, seven minutes of uh, the water break, um, Nani uh, had scored a goal. And 
it was a hell of a goal. Um, so Robin uh, Janssen uh, hits, a, hits a ball probably 75 yards over Hassani Dotson. Uh, Nani makes a perfect run out of the ball. For how the ball doesn't – how the ball stays glued to his foot, he takes two touches and then slots it right past Tyler Miller, who for some reason came out off of his line. Um, which seemed weird because Dotson was beat, but Boxel was converging on Nani and would have uh, forced Nani to take a shot near post. For some reason, Miller also came out, and I don't know, Nani, just an amazing, uh, amazing touch to slot it past Tyler Miller for the first goal. Do you have any, anything else in the first goal you wanted to add? Oh, just that Nani struck it low, and yeah. it looked like the way Tyler Miller was cu- coming out, there was no way for him to, you know, drop to his knees or get his, you know, any sort of hands down there very quickly. Yeah. He was and, running and so at that, it for some reason. What? He was running at him for some reason. I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so, so yeah, I mean, it, it was it was it, it was good instinct or or heads up play by Nani. Yeah, it's really hard to like kick save when you're running at somebody, you know, or, or stick your foot out. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and then uh, after that, Orlando again controlled the game on the 42nd minute. Nani hits uh, a thunder bastard of a goal, maybe the goal of the tournament. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this one, MJ? So there was a great cross or like switch the field by uh uh Hegson slash Sabes Mendez and Mendez goes over the middle of the field over to to Nani Dotson is kind of stuck because Motinho is doing a great overlapping run and Boxall and Aha both have people they're marking so Minnesota United looks like they're in a man marking system and we're getting overloaded on Dotson's side, and he has no help. Finley is doing the best to get over there. Uh, Gregus is also trying to get over there, but he's really, really late. But by the time Finley gets there, um, Dotson just kind of drops off to try to play halfway between Motinho and, and Nani, which covers neither of them. And Nani's able to take two steps to the middle and just bend this beautiful curler that goes back post. You know who should have been there? Ozzy Alonso. Ozzy, Ozzy Alonso had been sucked up by uh, Pereira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and created that, that opening in that space. And you're right. Everybody else had a, everybody else had a mark. And, um, but Ozzy Alonso, was, I think, was the one who had got sucked up out of position on that goal. And, and yeah, you're right. I mean – Martino's making a really great overlapping run, and Dotson's in no man's land, right? You either got to step up to Nani and yep. hope that Nani makes it a bad pass, and then Martino's all, you know, going into the to the end line all by himself, or you step off of Martino, you know, step off and, and allow Nani to take a shot from 23, 22, 23 yards out. And, of course, it's fucking Nani, so he hits it absolutely amazingly and puts it in the back of the net. And this is where Missing Ike kind of shows up because – and and Metonair, but if if Ike were there, kind of telling Boxall to slide over, and everyone just slides over, right? And Boxall leaves his guy, takes Ike's guy. Ike comes over and helps out Dotson because everyone else is over on that side of the pitch, is on the left side of the pitch for whatever reason, and can get to whoever Boxall's covering faster than Greg, who's coming all the way over trying to pick up the the overlap and you know, not having a, a line shift like that or communication along the back line to, to perform a shift like that hurts. Yeah. 
So Minnesota goes into the half uh, two nothing. You know, Minnesota had probably been the better team for most of the first half in terms of uh, being on possession, actually, you know, generating free kicks, generating corners. Um, one thing I'll, I'll say, and this is sort of my question for the first half for you, MJ, <clears throat> is Pareja made, clearly made an adjustment at the water break, uh, and Orlando has spent most of the first 30 minutes going at Chase Gasper with Nani. Uh, after the water break, Nani and Mueller swapped positions on the field. So Nani was then going at Dotson, and Mueller was going at Chase Gasper. I'm curious, if, I mean, did you see anything? Or, or I'm curious what Pareja saw that caused him to make that change, to swap Nani and Mueller, to go at Dotson as opposed to going at Gasper. Because they had spent, the, when they had it coming and attacking uh, in the first, you know, first 25, 30 minutes of the game, they had been attacking down their right um, at Chase Gasper on our left. And they totally flipped that for a, a good solid 15 minutes, you know, after the water break there. And they were rewarded with two goals. I need, would need to go back to, to watch to be sure. But my initial instinct is that Gasper, Ozzy, and Lud, and yes, I'm saying Lud, that they were a little bit more compact and hard to get through. And Gregus was doing what he wants on offense kind of, wandering off and, and making cuts towards the ball and trying to create short passes. But that meant that Gregush was not there to help Dotson in the way that Ozzy was always back to, to help Gasper. And, fin- and Finley wasn't getting back either to help him no. out. And, and Maybe they saw Finley, Finley, Finley was pressing pretty aggressively. And so I'm wondering if they made the switch on that side based on less about Gasper and Dotson and more about the players in front of them on that side. That makes sense, actually. If yeah, Lute's playing back, Finley's more aggressive, just giving you more space on the on the on their left hand side. Um, Mueller, if, if you guys don't remember, had um, looks like he had dislocated a shoulder or something in the previous match, so he probably wasn't one hundred percent. Swap Nani, put Nani in that place where he can occupy his space and can do the damage with it. You know, with the quality, you know, the quality that Nani still has. Um, yeah. So, all right. So yeah, we go in sec- into the second half. We're down two nothing. Um, you know, again, Minnesota comes out and is playing decently. Um, you have a, a thing you want to mention here in the 53rd minute. So early in the second half, Gregush has this great cross to, to Gasper that is very, very similar to the first half uh, Mendez cross over to Nani, which led to a goal. So, uh, and he hits, he hits Gasper Gasper does this where now he is going to take a couple touches to the right towards the middle and he sends a curler kind of like Nani except that it goes out of the center back Antonio Carlos shoulder and out for a corner kick but if he had just waited to develop and like look like he was going to make that shot he by doing that shot he dragged everybody over to hit to Gasper's right and Amaria was making this nice little half moon cut near post if he would have slot that Amaria had so much goal to, to look at just letting that play develop so it's just opportunity missed we, yeah. we, we would have been a good goal scoring chance and unfortunately Amaria did not really get another shot um in the 58th minute uh Heath makes three substitutions uh, all at once Amaria comes on for Schoenfeld or Amaria goes off for Schoenfeld Hayes goes off for Mason Toy and Lude goes off for Kevin Molino and uh, Minnesota switches to more or less a from a four one four one to a four four two, 
in attack uh, to try and generate some more offense. And it's almost immediate when you, when you see what Minnesota did, uh, they were really pushing uh, Orlando and Orlando was scrambling to try and, and figure it out. However, the next sort of big scoring opportunity was in the 70th minute. Uh, Orlando nearly gets a third, an amazing cross. Ron is, is unmarked on the back post and just, just completely misses his header. Yeah. Again, this all starts with that overload again by Nani and Moutinho on the, on the left side. Moutinho makes that overlapping run. Dotson is then two on one. He's now double teamed um, as a defender and, and Nani slots it down to Moutinho. Moutinho crosses and, and, and Juan just, just misses it. Yeah. On the 71st minute, uh, Finlay goes off for Raheem Edwards. Uh, for the fourth and final sub that Minnesota will actually make. And then, you know, three minutes later, um, Raheem Edwards blasts a free kick that Gal- forces Galese to make a save. It's actually it's the first shot on goal by Minnesota United in the game came in the 74th minute, which is actually saying a hell of a lot. It was interesting. Edwards took that free kick and not great use, and, and Edwards kind of like pushed him off of taking the kick. Edwards was very, very uh, insistent on taking the kiss- kick, and he almost he almost scored it for Minnesota. Yeah, it was it was beautiful. And I would like to see, you know, Minnesota United do things like that more, especially with maybe since people know we like Gregus to take our, our dead balls to have Gregus do a run over, but yeah. More uh, a second minute toy pulls one back from Minnesota. Molino. Um, as soon as Molino came into the match, the to- whole tenor of the game changed. Um, he's the only one with the creativity right now <clears throat> that Minnesota has in their roster to, you know, end the aggressiveness to stay on his feet, um, to do creative, interesting, smart soccer things. He threads a pass that splits a uh, midfielder and two defenders, um, three Orlando players, right to Mason Toy, who is barely onside. Um, and Toy uh, has, the, uh, has the, the, um, the forethought to not take a touch on the ball, but to sense that the goalkeeper is coming out and just take and just to one touch it instead of, uh, or, you know, shoot it instead of like trying to take a touch and maybe put it past the goalkeeper like he has in the past. He waits, he lets uh, Galese come out at him, and much like um, Nani did in the first goal, he slots it past Galese uh, low um, as Galese was coming at him. So that was uh, then again Minnesota. You know, it, for the rest of the of the game, poured poured it on. Uh, there was several chances. Not too long after that, Toy had a uh, interesting header chance that he just missed. Um, there's a couple other really great Minnesota chances. Minnesota's creating free kick opportunities all over the place. In the 92nd minute, if you haven't seen it, um, Jade <laughs> breaking some ankles uh, of uh, Juan, um, he literally falls down on his ass. Chase has amazing ball handling skills. And, and we'll talk a little, I'm going to talk a little bit about Chase Gasper here in a second. But in the 96th minute with Minnesota throwing everything they possibly could forward to try and secure a goal, and which was the sixth, the sixth, a uh, minute of stoppage time of six minutes. Um, everyone's up for a free kick. Miller's left alone. Uh, they're, Orlando stops it. Uh, Nani finds uh, Michelle running, you know, and just threads a great pass to him. He basically, you know, runs around Miller and puts it in the back of the net. So um, at that point, obviously, you know, it was pretty much the last kick of the game. As soon as they uh, kicked off for the um, after that goal, the referee blew the whistle. So it was pretty much the last kick of the game. Not much you could do there. Um, yeah, so second half question for you is, you know, I, we, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying I actually think Heath had, didn't have a terrible game plan here. Um, I just don't think he had the players to execute the game plan that he was wanted to play. 
um, you know, we got punched in the mouth by Nani and Minnesota shouldered it pretty well, came out, you know, and again, we, we played really well at the start. You have Nani doing Nani things. There's not much you can do about that, um, except maybe having Romain Metnir. So, you know, outside of the subs, outside of like having Metnir and Opara and, you know, a, a full, fully fit Molino, you know, my question, so I'm not even trying to question Keith uh, per se, um, oh, I will. But I am a little bit because I'm going to say, what does this match look like if we make all those subs at halftime, right? If What if we switch to that 4-4-2 right away? Um, you saw the, the, the tone and the tenor of the game uh, immediately, immediately uh, swap as soon as Molino comes onto the pitch. So maybe if it's just Molino who comes on for Lud, um, and you play that, you know, you play your 4-1-4-1 for a little bit with Molino, um, you know, in that role. Uh, I, I don't like know. Just, yeah. Did you have any anything else from the second half or any things that you wanted to point out? I, I would have said, you know, you know, Molino and Toy on both at the start of the second half. Uh, just because as much as I like Ja'Cory Hayes and as much as I like Laud, they were not doing much in that in that first half. Ja'Cory Hayes had a couple nice touches, but he also had a lot of times where he showed – that he was going to do something. And then he did the exact same thing he showed and and Orlando city's defense read it like a book. So, yeah. Would you just switch to the four, four, two then? And so had toy and Maria up top. Yeah, that would, I, I would love to see any sort of chemistry between toy and Maria. And we know that Molino and toy have, have had great chemistry in yeah. their 10 years at Minnesota United. I don't know how many assists of, Molino has given toy over the yeah. years. He's he sought a lot, a lot of balls to him. So, yeah. So, you know, the, the big thing, sort of one of the big talking points uh, leading into this game was set pieces and how Minnesota has been so amazing uh, on set pieces, <clears throat> restarts, free kicks in this, in this tournament. And honestly, throughout the entire year, I believe there was a stat that said something like they've scored 17 times um, from free kicks or from um, set pieces. We don't, score very much with it with the run of play um <clears throat> and we absolutely did not capitalize on any of them this this game obviously our uh, our one goal was was with the run of play um was not a, a free kick we had 13 corners to three for Orlando I don't even know how many free kicks we had especially in the second half it looked like we were just getting every other you know every other minute we had a free kick in their half and we ended this game with 50 percent possession we actually we actually beat uh, Orlando in possession 50.2% to their like 48.8%, which, you know, is not how Minnesota likes to play. So MJ, you have a question here. Um, were Minnesota United outplayed by better players or outcoached by better coaches? And I'll let you answer that one first since it's your question. Okay. So obviously the answer is both, but I would say mainly they were outcoached because if, Heath, and this isn't just on Heath. This is on assistant coaches. You know, we have McCauley. We have Ian Fuller. If these people are looking at video. They should have seen that what Orlando has done to FC Cincinnati and every other team that they had played is they're going to run Pereira in to drag your six out of position and open up crossing lanes in the middle. And the other thing they're going to do is they're going to overload with the fullbacks on, on their wings. And they're going to create two-on-ones by getting their fullbacks way up there as, as extra wings. And 
overload. And we didn't look like we had answers or preparation for that. Even though, again, if you watch video, this is this was definitely part of their, their game plan. <clears throat> and clearly, you know, Orlando City had studied Minnesota and knew exactly how to deal with Minnesota and uh, and what Minnesota wanted to do. Um, you know, I'm I obviously I'm with you. I think it's a little bit of both. Honestly, I think we, as I mentioned, and I, you know, it's gonna sound like I fucking am defending Hadrian Heath here, which I hate. I think he actually had a decent game plan. Again, I just think we don't have a nani. Right? Right. We don't have somebody who can just. And Molino is close to that, but you know he's not. He's not nani. Um, we don't have someone who you know can take over a game for ten minutes and absolutely change the entire tenor of the match, which Orlando City does, and LAFC does, and you know Seattle does. Like there's you know the good teams in this league have a guy like that who can just completely take over a game and 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 you know score two goals and then. Um, now we're playing from behind. Now we're, we're, we're trying to force things into the, when we get into their attacking third and we, and we're doing these things where we're just like throwing in crosses. Like we were in 2017 and 2018 because we had no fucking better idea of how to unlock a defense, right? Until Kevin Molino gets into the, into the match and he can actually unlock a defense with some creativity. Um, so that's what I think. So, I, I mean, I think it's, I think we were outcoached. I don't think we were as outcoached as, as, um, because I think we actually had a decent game plan, right? We were out coaching that we did not, we did not game plan. Um, we did not react to what they were trying to do to, to stop us from doing our thing, right? I think we had a good game plan for stopping Orlando, right? We, just, we also just didn't react when Orlando put out a perfect game plan to stop Minnesota United. Yeah, I guess, again, this is me being an ex as well as those guys. We, this isn't the NBA. You, as, as much as we would like it to be the NBA where you can have two superstars or three and just three out of five and, and just kill everybody. Like this, this is, this is soccer. This is 11 on 11. And even though it helps to have someone like Nani, don't get me wrong. I think again, for this question to put the emphasis on that we don't have a Nani is negating the ability for 10 other players to do something against Nani. Um, and again, if you saw what Orlando was doing earlier in this tournament in using Pereira to drag the six out of position and to overload the, the sides, and you look at how well we didn't prepare for that or look like our players were not aware that those things were happening, I don't put our, that solely on our players. I put that more on, on coaching, not preparing us for, for their tactics. I also think it's a, it's a legitimate possibility that Ozzy was just dead fucking tired. And yeah, that's true. Dead fucking tired, man. He's had a, he had a really good tournament. I don't yeah, let me. He did. And, you know, he, and that's, you know, kind of, I mean, we're, we're, we're just circling that we're circling the drain here, right? Like when you have a guy like Nani and, and you have Ozzy Alonso, who was great, but it's just a little bit tired. You just give him just enough space to fucking take advantage of that. Right. So it's like, we're, it's like a chicken and egg situation, I think. So, um, so yeah, let's, let's talk Freddie Adu's. Um, let's go with Minnesota first. Who you got uh, for your Freddie Adu's for Minnesota, MJ? So my next Freddie Adu best player of the game is Mason Toy. Score a goal. He scored a goal. He was always very, very active and looking for, for lanes. And I feel like, Yes, we haven't given him the time to build more chemistry with the club 
that's bad. At the same time, I stand by what I said last week. Um, you start Amaria, and then you, if he's healthy, and then if we're leading, you bring in Schoenfeld because of what he brings to the possession and time-wasting game. But when you're down goals and you need to put someone in, put Toy in, hats off to Heath for not waiting for the 65th or 78th or 86th minute. He made a sub at the 58th minute. He got Toy in the game, and I think that was definitely the right play. And I like I like what I saw out of him, energy-wise. My my Freddie Adu shittiest player of the game is is Adrian Heath, for mostly reasons I've already said. Fair enough. Um, oh, I remember the days when I would give that to Heath all the time. That was those were fun fun podcasts. I, I will say that he he went with the same starting lineup and formation and kind of tactics that worked in the last game, which he is known to do. Like if it ain't broke, don't don't fix it. Yeah, um, I just think that there were enough differences in style of play between uh, Matias Almeida San Jose team and uh, Oscar Perea. Oh, 100% for sure. That, that, that maybe you, you, you talk about adjusting, maybe not your formation and personnel, but maybe you talk about adjusting a few other things. Sure. Um, well, I gave it to the fullbacks, actually. Uh, so my uh, friend who star of the game uh, was Chase Gasper. He played really well. Um, he shut down Nani for those 30 minutes and then Mueller for re- the rest of the game. Um, he had that uh, amazing uh, ankle-breaking uh, play. He actually is his, uh, his getting to the end line and his, his crossing and his passing was, was quite good. And, you know, Chase, Ga- Chase Gasper has, um, honestly, this tournament has improved every single game. I think that first, the first game against Sporting Kansas City, he was a little rusty. Uh, he had a, that really aggressive yellow card early in the game. And I don't believe he got a yellow card after that. Like he's been, he was, he's been immensely impressive for me. Um, I know the guys on um, the MLSsoccer.com are talking about him as a potential left back for the U.S. national team. Yeah, Charlie Davies is a, is a big fan of his. And yeah, and I, he's, I think he's only raised his stock in terms of um, what he can do. Uh, and on the flip side, you know, I know it was only about 15 minutes, but oh man, Hassani Dawson got burned twice in the span of nine minutes. Um, of course, it was Nani. And Moutinho, uh, he had so that rough final 15 in the first half, and he wasn't he was able to get forward a little bit uh, and contribute on offense, but not nearly as much as we need from Hassani Dotson. And I don't know, going back to our point about Ethan Finley, if that was just there was no there was not enough support from Ethan Finley to make overlapping runs, uh, or if it was just you know Moutinho just you know put the put the hammer down on him, um, he didn't create as much as of, of the offense as we are no we know that Hassani Dotson can on the right hand side. So I gave it to him unfortunately. Uh, my friend do for the shittiest player of the game. Uh, there was one time where he cut middle and looked like he had a good shot at a banger, and it went way off target, yeah. right? And and yeah. I could hear his teammates calling Hassani that, that were open for for passes that were better shooting angles or closer to the net. And I think he he got burned by for those two goals, and then was just trying was trying really hard. Yeah, yeah. To get back into the game, like and do it himself, and and yeah. that's you know to your point, it's this is a team game. You can't do it all by yourself, so. Uh, who is your for Freddie Adu for Orlando? Who is my Freddie Adu? Did I even write that down? Uh, yes. My Freddie Adu for best player of the game is uh, John Moutinho. I thought, again, with the overlapping with, with Nani and what he did on the defensive and to shut down Finley, were, were, he did, I thought he did really well. Yeah. And then? Oh, for my shittiest player of the game? Yeah. Uh, Tesho Akindele. 
we've all we've all seen Kesha Akindele finish at the at the number nine in the striker position, get shots on target, be be deadly, uh, not Dom Dwyer Dwyer deadly, but you know, doing what you expect a number nine to do. I think we can all say that MLS is back was not his tournament. That's fair. Um, I mean, I had Nani, uh, obviously, for the for the best player of the game. He scored two goals. Um, he scored two goals like he did. So they hard to give it to somebody else. And then uh, for my shittiest player of the game, um, I had Chris Mueller. He just didn't have – he was very non, non-existent for this game. And, again, I'm not sure how much of that was <clears> – <throat> excuse me – how much of that was um, he was still hurt, wasn't that 100%, um, and how much of that was, you know, actual just – he was shut down, but Chase Gasper played a really good game against him. So, um, so yeah, so I went with, uh, with Mueller. And, and both of their center backs played pretty well, Antonio Carlos and, and Janssen. Yeah, yeah, yeah Carlos uh, broke up a couple of Minnesota attacks, and Janssen did as well, as well as uh, had that, um, that first assist to, uh, to uh, Nani. So. And come to think about it, so, going back to Colorado, we, we – have been playing against a lot of weak uh, center back pairs. That's true. That is true. All right. So, um, so Minnesota loses three to one. Uh, Orlando City goes on. They will be playing Portland tomorrow night, um, or possibly probably tonight when you're listening to this podcast. Um, so check that out. Uh, Orlando, whoever wins, will be going to the Concacaf Champions uh, Champions League, assuming that thing actually exists next year with all the COVID stuff. So, um, so yeah, interesting. Um, I we'll, we'll make picks here after the break, but um, just yeah, that's the that's the final. Just a couple pieces of United news. Um, if you're not aware, Minnesota United did actually come out and finally say what they're going to be doing with their academy. They announced that it's going to be a part-time academy, uh, which basically means they are going to have uh, players play with their regular teams that are their their club teams. Um, presumably, the teams going back to the teams that. Uh, they poached these players from three, two, three, four years ago, and we'll bring the players in for tournaments, um, for smaller practices, things like that. It's looked a lot like an Olympic development system, right? So you have you have a, a pool of players, whether that's 25, 30, who knows how many they'll sort of identify as potential players. You'll bring everybody in for sort of like a mini camp, and then you'll go to like the big tournaments around the country, possibly internationally. Um, that was announced uh, early last week. Uh, and then <clears throat> on Friday of this week, uh, Manny Lagos held a, uh, a, a, tele- a teleconference with the players um, who are affected by this. Basically, Minnesota United is not allowing these players, they're not giving up their territorial rights. So these players could go play for other academies, but Minnesota will still retain their rights. So for example, a player could go I know for a fact I've talked to a couple of I've talked to at least one parent and he's told me that there's a, a player who has um, RSL, Sporting Kansas City, Shattuck St. Mary's, and one other MOS team are all interested in signing this kid and bring this kid onto their academy. However, Minnesota's refusing to give up the territorial rights to these to these players. So what would happen is this player would be basically um, being trained by another MOS club that Minnesota could just then grab them when they're all said and done and throw them into their uh, reserve team. They also announced like a, 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 a haphazard uh, adult reserve team, which is they, they said it's not going to be playing in USL championship or league one. 
which I don't know where that means that this team will play. Um, so anyways, um, E Pluribus Lunum has a couple really great articles on this. Um, definitely go check them out. Uh, Eli Hoff has been writing about that and he's, he's got some inside sources. The biggest thing I want to point out, and then MJ, I'll let you uh, opine on this if you want, is the, the meeting that Lagos had with the uh, par players' parents on Friday. It's basically 15 minutes and it's basically chastising the parents for saying, like talking to the media um, that because they're, you know, things are getting out into the media, they're not able to announce the things that they want to announce. Um, brushing over the fact that in mid-July, they said 10 to 14 days. And that then when they had this, uh, when they actually announced that uh, part-time academy thing was over a month later. And then at the very, very end, and, they, and he did not take any Q&A, right? So there was no questions. He did not answer any questions from parents. And at the end of the, at the, end of the call, um, May Lagos said, I, I want to, let me pull up the, because I actually want to get the actual quote, because it's, it's a, yes. he's a pretty pompous asshole. Um, and pretty much just, you know, basically means to me that Manny Lagos has got to go, right? He's got, he can't, he can't be involved in this anymore. Um, his quote was at the very end of the meeting um, was, I want to protect you guys from you, from you. I want to protect you guys from you. Basically, he's trying to say, I want to protect the parents from yourselves by not giving you any information um it's just it's it's a really fucked up situation mj do you have anything else you want to add you know these fucking kids these fucking kids uh, they're they're ballers you know and they they go after it week after week we see it in practice but you know at the end of the day at the end of the day it, 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 it's about it's about results and and that that's why we're we're doing this and, and trying to control the media and control the parents and control the kids and retain our rights is we, we, we want fucking results and we have no fucking clue what we're doing. There's one thing that the team has been particularly bad at over the course of the last four years has been controlling the media narrative. <laughs> like of all the things they've been bad at, right. They were really bad at, you know, giving at defense in year one and year two. Um, they've just been, they've been as bad, if not worse at controlling the media narrative surrounding the team, whether that is like, Again, not a soft lunch, not a soft lunch, not a soft lunch. Yeah. And then, you know, you, you fast forward to their Seish campaign at the yeah. end of last year. This in and, and everything that's happened. Like the whisperer. Yeah, everything that's happened. Um and all the shit like the last thing this team is really good is good at is controlling the narrative and they should have been out in front of things, you know. Yeah. Uh, all right. anticipating controversy before it happens. <laughs> right, yeah, just like shoot like I was, I just I kept referring to it. And then then all this whole Brian Coleman thing. It's like they just keep punching themselves in the dick. And you know, guys, I'm, I'm, it's really easy to not punch yourself in the dick. You just need to not punch yourself in the dick. Like I, I, I walk around all the time every day and I'm not the smartest, you know, I'm not the, the, the brightest bulb in the, you know, in the lantern. I just, I don't punch myself in the dick all the time, you know, maybe occasionally by accident, but that's like, that's happened maybe like two or three times in my entire lifetime, right? Not consistently day after day after day. And when someone kicks you in the dick, you figure out why and figure out how to prevent someone from kicking you in the dick again. Yeah. I've only, but yeah, I've only ever also something not they're, they're not going to do it again, two or three times in my entire lifetime. So, and most of those were accidents. Only time probably on purpose, but you know, um, anyways, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the MLS is back dot, dot, dot back again, uh, as well as with some MLS news and, uh, what we can expect for phase one for MLS. So, um, we'll be back after the, after the break. Yeah. Yeah. You, Want me to 
that type of dude And I want to be who you like me to But we both know I can't do nothing at all yeah. Alright, and we're back uh, was a, was a very good break I forgot to actually even open my beer So I'm going to open it up on, uh, on the podcast Delicious, delicious hams uh, all right, so MLS is back, back again, is what I'm calling the uh, this second half of the MLS season, or I guess we should say third part of the MLS season. Anyways, before we get to that, let's um, let's talk a little bit. There's like a very, some very quick MLS news. Uh, Jesse Gonzalez, um, human piece of shit, uh, had his contract terminated with MLS. Uh, he was uh, being investigated for domestic abuse. Uh, it was happened in March. Um, right around when all the COVID shit was happening and he was suspended, um, the team and MLS decided to terminate his contract. So he will become a free agent, free to sign with any non MLS team. Um, basically starting August uh, 12th when the uh, transfer window opens. So who knows? He might go to Mexico. Um, he is a, a Mexican, uh, has Mexican citizenship. Um, he is a, a te- te- uh, technically a U.S. player. Um, he made the one-time switch to the U.S., so but wouldn't surprise me if he does get a, a shot at some uh, Liga MX club. So, I think MLS handled this really, really well. They did. The allegations came out, and there's again a lot of internet pitchforks and rush to judgment. They didn't fire him, but they suspended him because yeah. we know that so many times women have come forward and their voices are not listened to or not given weight. And, but they said, hey, innocent till proven guilty, but we're going to suspend you until this sorts itself out. And there's more and more evidence came out. One of the biggest things that reporters can easily access is that his wife filed for an annulment of their marriage. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. And uh, MLS said they were going to do an investigation. They clearly found something. Um, whether it, you know, it, it will stand, it, you know, MLS is not the court, is not, you know, the court of law and, uh, you know, whatever he may be found not guilty or charges may be dropped in terms of the, uh, you know, what the Dallas police department, but I'm glad uh, MLS decided not to screw around with it and, and send him on his way. So they handle it very well. Bigger piece of, uh, of MLS news. Uh, Blaze Matuidi um, has signed uh, a uh, contract with uh, Inter Miami, uh, formerly of Juventus. Um, he is a uh, French international before with Juventus he was playing with Paris Saint-Germain yeah PSG before um but he's been into Juventus for the last two years uh three years 98 appearances six goals uh he's a midfielder uh you know David Beckham's team needs um someone to put the ball in the back of the net not necessarily this guy but he's a pretty high high profile signing he's only 33 years old um five foot nine um you know should be Good part of Inter Miami. I'm sure this is not the end of Inter Miami signing uh, signings, but it's a, it's not it's not a bad start. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. All right, <clears throat> and then the most important news: uh, MLS Phase One, which is actually technically MLS Phase Three ish, um, <laughs> two and a half ish. <clears throat> Who the hell knows? So MLS has announced that they're going to play, as we mentioned, I think we mentioned it briefly on the podcast last week. It's official. It came out 18 games total for every team, uh, 21 for FC Dallas and Nashville. Obviously, they, didn't, they did not play any group stage games in uh, down in Orlando. 
Um, the first six are part of phase one. So they had just announced the schedule for, schedules for phase one for most of the teams. They didn't announce the schedules for the Canadian teams. We'll talk about them in a second. Essentially, they're playing mini bubbles. Um, so they're playing, you're playing two teams home and away. Um, so for example, Minnesota, case it's Sporting Kansas City, FC Dallas. And you're playing two other teams, uh, one away, one home. Um, so for three home games, three away games, between uh, basically a, the 20th of uh, August through the 14th of September. <clears throat> so a little over three weeks. Um, you're going to be playing uh, six games. So there'll be some midweek games. Um, FC Dallas and Nashville are actually kicking everything off because they're going to be playing two games in Dallas starting on Wednesday. One game on Wednesday, I believe one game on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, the COVID both, Derby. What's that? The COVID Derby. Yeah, both those games in Dallas with in front of theoretically 5,100 people. Um, so as I mentioned, it's gonna be, so kind of like a mini bubble. Um, chartered flights and buses for all trips. So Minnesota will be flying to all these, all these games. Um, you're going to be, most teams will be arriving the, you know, the day of the game and departing the same day, right? So you're not going to be spending uh, time in the, uh, in the bubble or sorry, in the state, in the, in the opposing team's city, uh, possibly being um, infecting uh, hotel workers or, or having the possibility of, of that being a case. So in and out, <clears throat> um, and except. No dance clubs, David. No dance clubs. What? No dance clubs. No, no dance clubs. We've already seen with uh, MLB that uh, players have been going out uh, when they have the time. So I'm glad they're doing this. Um, the Canadian teams, as I mentioned, um, will be uh, playing just each other. They haven't announced the actual uh, matches yet, but they're going to be playing, you know, each team will be playing six games total, um, <clears throat> home and away. Uh, so, yeah, they're just going to – because they can't – because Canada, the teams cannot come uh, to the United States – Oh, nor can American teams come to Canada without quarantining for 14 days. The Canadian teams are already also looking at American markets if needed for after this first phase of matches. Um, if they need to, to basically, I know Vancouver has been talking with Portland and Toronto and Montreal are, are looking at uh, potential places for them to um, double up with a probably a current MLS team. <clears throat> and then, uh, yeah, the MJ, you, uh, you have the uh, end of, ends of dates in here. Yeah, so the regular season will, will end on Decision Day, Sunday, November 8th, not to be confused with Decision 2020, Tuesday, November 3rd. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Um, and the playoffs then would not start till November 20th, which, my God, do I want Minnesota United to host a cold-weather playoff game in Allianz. <clears throat> Theoretically, after, fans, hopefully. After November 20th. Yeah. So that's, they're, they're, that is an international date uh, in between the, the 8th and the 20th, which is why they're not starting the playoffs right away. Um, theoretically, there might be some uh, international matches that'll be happening there. So uh, I must still want to lose any players for that. Um, there's a, a list of teams, um, a Twitter thread, uh, fans versus no fans. Basically, FC Dallas, RSL, and Sporting Kansas City are all are the three teams right now that are allowing fans. Now, obviously, we play Sporting Kansas City away, SC Dallas away, but we, we play RSL here in Minnesota. Minnesota has said no fans for at least phase one, which is great. Um, we really encourage Minnesota to not have fans this year um, at all, honestly, hopefully. Um, but our uh, schedule looks like this. Friday the 21st, we play Sporting Kansas City. Uh, that game <clears throat> kicks off at 6.30 p.m. 
I believe all the other games are at 7 or 7.30. Um, the 29th of August, we are at uh, FC Dallas. Um, the 2nd of September, we are at Houston. 9-6, uh, we host RSL. 9-9, we host FC Dallas. And 9-13, uh, we are at Sporting Kansas City. Again, uh, FC Dallas and Sporting Kansas City, we're going to have fans. Um, Houston has no fans right now, but uh, they are also in Texas, which is, you know, allowing uh, up to 50% capacity in stadiums. So, yeah, that's pretty much the return to play. Do you have any any other thoughts on return to play, MJ? No, it it seems like this shouldn't be happening. We've kind of talked about public health concerns before, the added risk of going to other markets, but they are trying to do a lot of things like this same day arrivals and same day departures. They're they're trying to minimize things. Why they don't come out with just a national hey no fans for phase one is beyond me but again if there's anything that we know about this country it's you have the freedom to be a dumbass (laughs) yeah it's that is that is odd um i mean major league baseball has said no fans uh, even though there are markets where fans could theoretically play but they've just said they've come out and said no fans at all um this hodgepodge doesn't make a ton of sense i really i if you're going to do it and again i strongly encourage people not to do it but if you're going to do it this is the only way you can do it that is even somewhat somewhat semblance of safety safety for the players um there's also going to be um regular testing still uh the teams are all working with labs um certified labs in the markets for for rapid testing which leads to a whole other question of access and things like that either way um you know we have to sort of accept that it's going to be happening we can you know complain about it we should we should definitely complain about it. should definitely you know let the team know we should we don't want them doing this and we think this is a stupid idea um but it is what it is so um all right and our final piece of mls's news before we pick make picks for the mls's back final mediocre mls player andrea pirlo was named juventus manager uh over the weekend um they can Maurizio Sarri, uh, who won. Sorry. Yeah, the, he played. He only managed one year, but he did win their ninth Scudetto uh, for Juventus. But got his ass kicked by Lyon in the uh, in the Champions League uh, round of sixteen and lost his job. And uh, the wine sipping, midfield, um, non running Andrea Pirlo, uh, NYCFC uh, NYCFC's Andrea Pirlo is named the Juventus manager. So I know you had some thoughts on this, MJ. Well, first of all, before I get into the, can we just let Andreas Pirlo retire and attend to his vineyards? How can he retire and attend to his vineyards if we don't let him retire and attend to his vineyards? But enough about that. What I really want to say is that they are totally copying the playbook out of FC Seoul. FC Seoul was in the relegation zone. They were doing horrible. Okay, they didn't win their league and and then lose in the in the you know AFC Champions League, but they were doing horrible. They they fired their coach before it was cool. They fired Choi Young Soo, who was there for a second stint, and they now have a caretaker manager of Kim Ho Young, and they've been winning under the new manager. So I think it's pretty obvious that. Juventus is copying FC Seoul and trying to repeat the success of, hey, you know what FC Seoul did? They got rid of their manager, and then now they're doing better. 
Yeah, totally. They, yeah. And I'm sure they replaced him with someone as very sexy as Andrea Pirlo, for sure. Yeah, I mean, Kim Ho Young's a good-looking dude. Okay. Is he, but is he Andrea Pirlo sexy? Nah, it, and he doesn't really have that, that, that facial hair uh, suave that, that uh, Andrea say, can, can, he, can he boss a midfield with a, a, glass, of, uh, a glass of red uh, in, firmly in his hand? Yeah, yeah, you're making really good points. I mean, they both look, they both look good in suits, but I mean, I I really think, you know, at some point we have to let Pirlo retire to attend to his vineyards. I I I, I understand. <clears throat> um, all right, give us some Minneapolis City update. We haven't had one of those in uh, in a little bit here. So, what's up with City? Well, a few weeks ago they combined with TC Seoul, which is a youth academy, and the Corinne Football Association, based here in the Twin Cities for a workshop with the youth of North Minneapolis. And I think that's just a great idea to bring three different groups together to partner and just hang out, play, coach a little bit, do some workshopping with youth in soccer in North Minneapolis. Super awesome. Then they met with their board to decide not to play any games, at least against other teams this year. So Right now, Open Cup is in the air. I assume they are out of that. They, you know, NPSL has already canceled their season, but they were looking at maybe filling some time with some friendlies, and they just said, yep, yeah, we're not going to do that. Wise. What they did come up with was starting Wednesday, August 19th, there will be a Ben Wexler Brotherhood Cup. Ben Wexler is one of their um, midfielders who's very skilled with his feet. And there's, these are going to be four teams, all Minneapolis City players, so all within their bubble, seven aside, and members can watch live in a socially distanced manner. Excellent. Was that their announcement that they were, they were putting out today at nine? I, they, they're probably going to talk more about it at nine. They, they tweeted out a few days ago. Oh, they have, but, they're, they're currently, we are recording now. It's about 10 after nine. They are currently in the middle of a Twitch stream. I think they're do, going to be announcing an intramural league, um, which is probably a little different than this. So apparently, no, yeah. No, this is, this is the same as that. Okay. So, yeah. So that's, this is what they're What, what do you feel about this, David? We, 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 would you go to a socially distanced, seven-a-side, kind of casual Minneapolis City game, or would you, are you going to stay at home? I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. That might be – I've because I've been talking about it with uh, – you know, after talking with Sean from the Saints um, – you know, he mentioned if he wanted to go to a game. I talked to some other friends of mine, and, you know, he we kind of, like, interested in maybe going to, like, a town ball game where, you know, it's only going to be maybe 25 other people where you can bring your own right, right. And stuff. Um, so I, I, might be able, I might be able to be convinced to go. If it's outside, if I can bring my stuff, uh, my chair, my, you know, my beer, my food or whatever. Um, There's not going to be a lot of people there. there. I might be, I might be able to be into that and to go into a live event, but it's going to take, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot. So, all right. Well, that's great. That's great to hear from Minneapolis city. If, if there's any other news uh, from that call uh, that's how, ha- or that Twitch stream that's happening right now, um, we will definitely let you know about it next week. All right. Finally, we're going to talk uh, very quickly about champions league quarterfinals are happening this week. Uh, if you're here for some sweet Europa league action, well, you're shit out of luck. Um, so Atlanta, so we have uh, four matches left. The quarterfinals are taking place. Atlanta uh, plays PSG. These are all happening in Portugal, by the way. Um, they play on Wednesday. 
Uh, RB Leipzig and Atletico Madrid play on Thursday. Barca and Bayern uh, play on Friday. That's going to be one hell of a match. And Man City, Lyon play on Saturday. Um, the winners of that Barca-Bayern-Man City-Lyon match will meet next week uh, in the semifinals. And the winner of Atlanta PSG, at Atlanta PSG, RB Leipzig, Madrid match we're going to meet as well next week in the semifinals. So very quickly, um, who you got in uh, Atlanta, at Atlanta versus PSG, MJ? I'm choosing at Atlanta. I'm going against Vegas here. I, the, the little engine that could keeps on going. Yeah, I mean they're the they're the very sexy um, you know hipster European team to have, but I think PSG has got too much firepower for them, even without uh, even without Neymar or not sorry Neymar um, Mbappe. Um, all right, Leipzig versus Atletico Madrid. Who you got? I have Atletico because uh, Diego Simeone is the man. All right, I got Atletico too. They knocked Liverpool out. I think they play a suffocating defense. And I don't think Leipzig has enough. Uh, probably the, the premier match of the weekend, Barca-Bayern, uh, Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Who do you got? I say Barcelona. They looked really good uh, over the weekend. Bayern looked really fucking good over the weekend as well. I'm going to go with Bayern in this one. I think um, I think they got the firepower for it. So I tweeted this out and tagged Ozzy about it, but like Bayern in, in their win, Thiago Alcantara had just – Amazing job tackles in disrupting the play and offense of the other. Yeah, you mean you mean future Liverpool midfielder Thiago? Uh, all right, and then finally on Saturday, Man City and Lyon. Uh, I think this one's pretty easy um, for the sanity of my household. I'm going to say Man City. Wow, David, that's very honorable that you would go with your wife. I mean, you could be wrong. Like if Lyon if Lyon pulled it off, I would be very happy, but. In order to keep a you know happy happy wife happy happy life, uh, Man City. I'm also picking Man City, although I will say that the way Lyon are playing right now, which is a you know boxing above their weight, nobody wants to play them. So mm. it, I, I would it would be really easy for Man City to sleep on on Lyon and look ahead to the Pep Guardiola derby that could be. Oh. And I totally could see. I could absolutely see Man City doing that to Lyon. Uh, almost got jobbed in their match against Juventus. There was a ridiculous penalty um, to try and get Juventus back in the game, uh, a handball that was not a handball that for all the things that VAR does. Absolute horseshit. Yeah. I'm still picking Man City despite all this. Yeah, no. I think think Pep's got his eyes on the prize for this one, so – um, so yeah, that that Man City either in either Barca or Bayern final or semifinal will be will be really damn good. So, all right. Finally, we have a a question. Um, our friend Eric asks, uh, "Does Babelo get us closer to being a legit title contender?" And then, how much closer? So, if you haven't heard the news, um, you know they keep everybody keeps saying. Uh, I saw a tweet today. Basically, said that um, he'll be you know on his way to Minnesota either this week or next week. Um, $5.2 million is the number that keeps getting thrown out there. We heard that they were this close back in March and it never materialized. So, you know, the question is, is can Babelo, you know, going back to our discussion about Orlando City, can Babelo do some of the things that like someone like Anani or a Carlos Vela or a Brian Rodriguez or, you know, uh, Valeri or, who, you know, pick your, you know, creative attacking player, um, does he make us a legit title contender? And if so, how much closer are we? 
I say he makes us a legit title contender. I haven't seen a lot of highlights, but I think he can be a, a better number 10 than Molino. And if he cannot, he can be, be a better wing than, than Luke. So either, either way, that's, that's an upgrade on, on our attacking front four. Yeah. <clears throat> I certainly don't think he hurts us. Right, you know, as you mentioned, MJ, I think either he slides into to that number 10 role and Molino slides out to the left, um, or if, you know, he slides into a, a winger position and taking out, you know, either Lude or Finlay. Um, you know, whether how much closer we are to a legit title contender, I don't know. You know, there was a great, I can't remember who wrote it for, I think it was Ruder who uh, wrote The Morning Loon, that the last uh, MLS Cup winner that didn't have sort of an uh, MLS best 11 attacker uh, in their lineup was the 2010 uh, Colorado Rapids. And they won because of a, gal- or a yeah, it was a Galaxy own goal. Um, and you know, they, were, they just played really good defense, right? And Minnesota has re- can play really good defense. So I don't think we – Minnesota doesn't need um, a multi-million dollar star player to – be a legit title contender. I think we are. I think we are legit title contenders right now. Honestly, um, if push comes to shove, I think Minnesota is a legit title contenders. We just. I think we saw it in the tournament, right? They they can play the games that they need to play. Uh, I think having an, a, a piece like a Reynoso uh, who can unlock a uh, defense, right, um, is huge. And especially, it can be that thing that catalyst. Like when things aren't going super great. You know, you, a guy who can say, you know what, fuck it, Put, you know, jump on my shoulders, boys. I'm going to carry us here for the next 20 minutes, right? I'm going to make something happen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create opportunities for you. I'm going to create opportunities for myself. And that is, I think, something that is, you know, there's not, there's not a ton of players like that in the world, right? And so you got to find it where you can find it. And, you know, this kid, is, has, he's been super hyped. Obviously, we've been talking about him for, shit, I think half a year now. Um but he also hasn't scored a ton of goals, right? It's not like he is um, the best player coming out of that league, you know, hands down the best player. He's got a lot of potential. He's, he's shown um, some really good, you know, in, in some of the highlights, he's shown some really good, amazing abilities. But again, I think he's still not a complete product yet. So it's going to be up to the, the Adrian Heath and the rest of the team to unlock that for, from, from him. So we'll be interested to see. Um, yeah, anyways, anything else you want to add, MJ? I think key if we get if we get Emmanuel Reynoso, aka Bebelo, building a chemistry with the other attacking players, and yes, that means Gregush and Finley, but I would say even more importantly, Molino and Amaria. If if that triangle of Amaria, Molino, and Reynoso can get on the same page whether they're going to be a, a dynamic position switching type of, type of attacking triangle or, or rotating or whatever, really good things could happen. But if, that, if that's going to be, if you saw how long it took for Lude and, and Amaria, well, they, they actually got on the same page very quickly, but Lude and Gasper still aren't on the same page. So it, we'll just see how, how long it takes to, to build that chemistry. Yep. 100%. All right. 
Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, you can always please rate and review our podcast, especially on Spotify, uh, patreon.com slash the Daves I know, the Daves I know dot substack.com if you want to get in that newsletter, uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Uh, Dan and Bill Horn here are at D Wade and at Bill underscore McGuire. I'm at Texas LR. MJ's at MJ Matsui. MJ, I think we banged this one out in just over an hour. So good job, man. We did it. We fucking did it. Considering how much I babble on this pod, this is pretty impressive. Excellent, excellent. All right. We've been the Dave's You Know. This is the Dave's I Know. try and work it out because we both know we can't do nothing at all. Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah, uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Do the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son.